For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Good morning, Chuck. What are you up to today? Well, guys, I'm just enjoying my Tuesday. How about you? Well, we're going to make you enjoy it a little bit more, at least for the I next know. 30 this minutes. This is the highlight of my Tuesday right yeah, here. Absolutely it is. Well, what do you do with the other 23 and a half hours of your Tuesday? Well, I wait on this uh, half hour right here. That's what I do. <laughs> Waiting on Saturday's football. Waiting on a flight to Tuscaloosa Friday. Waiting on the Crimson Tide. And kind of hoping, I think. You know, I mean, you might you might have a football team that's struggling. But when you're struggling and then you're going in to play an Alabama team that it seems to have stabilized since the loss to Texas. Um, I'm not sure how to how to put it. It's a it's a daunting task that's ahead of this football team. Well, it is a daunting task, and going to Alabama is always tough. Um, Arkansas has won some games down there over the years, and they've always been tough, and they've lost more than they've won, and that's a compliment to Alabama and the type team they've had and the type program they've had. Been a long time since Arkansas has beaten them. Number nine beat them. And uh, not many guys have, so it would be nice to, you know, pull off an upset Saturday. I'm glad it's at 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm uh, I'm uh, happy about that. Sometimes if you're going to win on the road, you need to play early. Chuck, uh, just talking about this offense a little bit and trying to find some bright spots. Uh, you know, Washington, the tight end. I, I thought he was bright. Bright Armstrong's been been pretty good. Um, what, what's going on? Who, who do you think can, can maybe step out this game? Or, or where, where, where can we go on the offensive side of the ball? Well, it starts up front. And, I mean, that's not the glamorous thing to say. But it's obviously what the issue is. And everybody knows it. And that's where it starts. And if they can block them up Saturday, they'll have a ball. If they don't, it's probably going to be more of what we've seen. Um, you know, KJ's probably going to have to run a minimum of 15 times for Arkansas to have a chance to win. And the longer you do that, you know, the more you open yourself up for, you know, things to happen to him. And But right now, you know, he's the, um, I mean, he's the guy that sort of makes it tick, whether it's throwing the football or running the football. But they got to protect him better. I mean, they've given up 20 sacks in the last four games. And, um, it's got to be a lot better than that Saturday. He's got to be feeling that too. I mean, you know, just looking at the numbers, and when you watch KJ, forget about the numbers. You know, he he looks uh, like he's thinking out there a little bit instead of being instinctive, which I think he was more instinctive uh, in in previous seasons. And I just imagine that the feeling of man, I might get hit a lot sooner than I used to get hit on this very play right here. That's gotta be, that's gotta be part of it. I mean, when you're talking about an offense, it's eleven guys that have to work together. And right now, I'm not sure if it feels like that. Well, I'm sure he's frustrated by all of that. And, you know, those are things that right now he's just having to deal with. And I'm sure it does wear on him. Uh he's being hit a lot. And, you know, there are so many times when it doesn't seem as though the play has time to develop. Uh, you know, particularly when they throw the ball. But I still think the biggest issue is, you know, they're not running the ball well. They're they're losing first down. And that the that's the issue to me offensively. You look at all the second and 10, second and 12, uh, and you factor in maybe a false start here and there, which we've seen, or a hold. And you know, for, for a variety of reasons, uh, they're just not winning first down. And that's... I mean, you've got to do that. You have no chance if you don't. And right now, they're just not able to pull that off. You know, there's one thing I want to touch on with Matt that hits on that very topic. I know Sam Pittman 
talked about first down and, and the lack of success on first down running it specifically of late. And I went back and looked at this um, against the SEC teams. And this is the last three games on first down. They're rushing for an average of 2.9 yards. First down passes against SEC teams are averaging six yards per pass. That's pretty good. I, I wonder if there might be an opportunity maybe to flip the script then. Uh, maybe it's too simplistic to look at the averages and say, well, maybe maybe throw on first down. Well, they've thrown some on first down. Um, and there have been times when maybe the pass can set up the run. And um, they've, um, they've tried a lot of things. You know, they've... Truthfully, when they've thrown on first down, whether you throw on first, second, or third right now, there's a pretty good chance there's going to be pressure. And I think they're already scared to death, maybe, of getting behind, even further behind the sticks. Um, I, I haven't broken it down, to be honest with you. I um, I know that right now, when you look at the Ole Miss game and, and you took the sacks out, because in college ball that goes against the rushing numbers, I think they averaged 2.7 per carry. And with the sacks factored in, it was 1.2. And that, that's just not a winning formula. It, it um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very simple situation right now, I think. It, it becomes more complex because you can't, you know, you can't keep them out. I mean, you can't win the line of scrimmage. But to me, uh, you know, when they start doing that, if they start doing that, and I think at some point they will, um, they're going to have trouble moving the ball until they do. Yeah, it just seemed like we never got anything going, never really got a rhythm or momentum uh, going against LSU. Chuck, I, I, I like what I've seen out of number 27, Chris Paul on defense. Is he going to be healthy? How's he looking for this game? I'm not sure. Um, you know, he, he he took a blow in that ball game, and I'm not sure how that's that's going to end up being this this week. To be real honest with you, um, find out a little bit more. I'm sure from Coach Pittman as we go through the week, but I'm not sure what his status is today. Uh, he's a good player, and you look at Arkansas's linebackers, and Thomas has put up exceptional numbers. Um, but you know they they played a good bit of that ball game Saturday with Brad Spence and Jordan Crook out there, and so um, you know that's 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 an area where injuries you know hit them Saturday. We'll just have to see how those guys are for this week. I don't I I just don't know yet. So I mean, it, it, I feel like defensively they've shown that there's depth by being able to withstand some of the injuries that we've seen defensively for the last two weeks. I mean, Chuck, they just played a great game against, I mean, a pass offense from Ole Miss that uh, had shredded LSU. They did that without their top cornerback, at least cover cornerback in Dwight McLaughlin. Um, you know, I, I think defensively it's pretty impressive the depth that they've built, both on the defensive line, I think at linebacker too, in the secondary, those three levels where they added through the transfer portal, I feel like that depth has been on display. Well, it may need to be on display again this week. And, you know, Alabama's a much more physical team, I think, in fairness. Although I do believe Ole Miss was, was, is, is more physical than maybe, you know, their, their, their reputation would lead you to believe. But it's going to be a physical game. It's going to be like the A and M game. Uh, you're going to have to find a way to, to you know, get a push and uh, do some things that honestly they've not been able to do of late. So that's going to be the challenge this week for the Razorback defense, for the Razorback offense. Alabama's nothing fancy. Uh, they are physical enough and they run the ball just well enough that they've not had to put the game in Milrow's hands beyond, you know, him making plays with his legs. If you can put it in his hands, you've got a chance to turn him over. And that's the only way you're going to beat him. But it is going to be Arkansas's defense particularly, if, uh, and we're just going to have to see what it's like at the end of the week with some of these guys, whether they can go or not, particularly if they have to rely on that depth. Um, you know, Alabama will test you in that regard because they got plenty of depth too. Uh, we'll take calls uh, with Chuck in the very next segment uh, when, after we uh, get through this upcoming break in a little bit here. Um, Chuck, we got to talk offensive line um, here. You know, when 
a lot of shuffling um, against Ole Miss. They're going to go back to the to the alignment that they'd had leading up to the Ole Miss game. Uh, injuries on the O line kind of wearing down some of the depth that was there. Um, you know, you 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 ask for improvement. You ask, we got to run the ball. We got to we got to we got to pass block better. I guess you count on improvement from young players as they go throughout their first season as starters. Thinking guys like Chambly and 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 um, Kudis on the right side, um, but you also count on the veterans to help them through that. Do you do you think that they're? It's tough to get inside somebody else's mind, but you know Latham has struggled and and Limmer has struggled at certain times too. I wonder sometimes if they've felt the the pressure of kind of having to help carry an offensive line that hadn't been together like they'd been with those past two years where Bo and, and Brady had guys that they played with for two or three years together. I think that's got something to do with it. I think they know that they've got to, you know, maybe cover a little bit um, in situations where they might not have had to in the past or been covered for um, at, at, at times in the past. So, I do think there's probably, uh, I think that's got something to do with it. You know, you talk about improvement from tackles in this case. Um, You know, both these guys are first-year starters. I mean, going into the season, combined zero starts. And, man, there's a lot of stud defensive ends in this league. And they can make you look bad. And that's happened some. And, you know, I, you talk about depth. I mean, there basically was none yeah. this past Saturday night. I mean, there was no depth. You know, Manuel hadn't practiced all week. He couldn't play. Crawford had taken a blow late in the week. He couldn't play. Um, you know, you were down, at least on the guys listed on your two deep, you were down to Josh Street and Amari Gibbons and Marion Harris. And all those guys have chances to be players, but I don't know that it's, you know, I don't know that you throw them into that, just to be real honest about it unless you have to, which they've had to do at tackle. So, you know, they're going back, I guess, but I think everything's subject to change. I think it's subject to change during this game. Um, If you got one guy getting blown up, you may move somebody over there. And I know that's not exactly the way you want it to be, but um, I'm not sure we're done with that, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, how much of it's technique, how much of it is uh, knowing the assignment. You know, it's a new offensive system coming in, and like you said, they haven't had a lot of reps together. Uh, and so how much are they thinking? We all know that uh, you, you play better when you don't think, when you're, when you're just out there reacting. Well, it sounds like, based on, you know, what you hear, that a lot of the movement on the defensive side of the ball is what's causing issues. Um, confusion, I guess, if you want to use that term, based on what I hear. You know, when you hear Coach Pittman talk after the game and you hear some of the players talk, kind of like everybody else hears, that, you know, that that would be my guess based on what they say, is that with some of these young guys, it's when they start moving around over there and, and giving them things that, you know, maybe um, they've, they've not seen as much of, uh, that's when the problems arise. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit, ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Matt, we got a question on the McClarty Daniel hotline on uh, a text coming from Mason who's listening in Conway. 
Uh, asked, do you think uh, Kendall Bryles is smiling seeing Arkansas fail on offense after fans drove him out of Fayetteville? You realize that TCU is not exactly setting the world on fire offensively either. I think Chuck Barrett referred to that in the last, uh, last hour. In fact, every single game they've played, they've scored fewer and fewer points. 42 against Colorado, 41 against Nichols State, 36 against Houston, 34 against Southern Methodist. The last two games have been 21 in a loss against West Virginia and then held to 14 by Iowa State. Not a great trend for KB's offense, who uh, they're struggling right now. No other way to put it. You know, you can look at any of the statistics here and, and, and know that they were good to start the season. They haven't been any good of late. And then here's something that should sound familiar. Texas Christian University has the worst red zone offense in the Big 12. They're scoring on only two-thirds of their trips inside the red zone. That's either a field goal or a touchdown. How many teams are in uh, FBS football? What is it, 130, 131? TCU ranks 123rd in red zone offense. So, I don't know. Do you kind of remember some of the same problems at Arkansas last year? Yeah, I saw TCU play that uh, Colorado game, uh, the the first game. I haven't I haven't really seen them play. Uh, man, you know he's doing his thing. I, I wish him nothing but the best. You know, I I, I don't think uh, anybody left with with bad intentions or anything. I don't think he was run out of town or anything. Uh, you know, he was here for three years and he he went on to a to another move that he thought was uh, good for his coaching career. You Let's know, be honest about it though. If you're an offensive coordinator for three years at a school. Um, there's going to be some people that want to chase you out of town. If you haven't won a division, if you haven't won a national title or an SEC championship or something, there's, there are going to be those those naysayers that want to chase you out. I and mean, there was a lot of criticism of Kendall Bryles, and I think in some cases um, potentially rightfully so. But I also think it's just you criticize the offensive coordinator when they don't score touchdowns on every drive. That's how it feels sometimes. And I don't – let's just transpose Kendall Bryles onto this year's offense. And then it's the same – you're dealing with the exact same personnel. Is K.J. Jefferson going to be that much more comfortable in the same scheme with the idea that those that the line is still blocking at the same level as they are this year in the Dan Enos offense? It's just like it's there's just there's a lot of blame to go around. I, I don't want to just be pointing fingers at one or that. It's everything rolled into one. Kendall Browns would not be the end all be all salve to fix what ills the Arkansas offense right now. I you know and and I know it's cliche you say whatever you want but but we're we're close. It's it's a single possession game against BYU, single possession game LSU, single possession game Ole Miss. Uh A&M was 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 close as well as far as your your defense only gave up 20 points. Uh it's 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 doing the little things. It's 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 really paying attention to detail and and knowing your assignment and 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 making the right play. Got a question, how does Arkansas rank as far as uh, red zone scores? Believe it or not, Arkansas is one of the best in scoring when they get in the red zone. 95%, 20 out of 21 drives inside the red zone. They've scored either a touch, touchdown or field goal. In fact, Arkansas has got the same touchdown rate inside the red zone as TCU has a scoring rate inside the red zone. I think the issue, though, just 21 trips inside the red zone in six games, you'd like to get there more often. It's it's weird. It's it's like we just haven't had the momentum. Uh, we haven't had it going for a quarter and a half or two quarter. You know, when you say you want to play a complete game, uh, the offense hasn't played a complete game yet, and and it starts by playing a complete quarter. You know, it starts by going one play at a time and and getting a couple drives and, and getting some, you know, some positive mojo going. TCU's had 24 trips inside the 20. Three more than Arkansas in the same amount of games. Let's take a phone call from Jackie and cross it on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Good afternoon, Jackie, and how are you today? I'm doing good. I, I just got a comment on my phrase. Man, did y'all hear me holler last night? when? Harry that was you? That was you? Man, you shattered a wind. You yeah. shattered one of my windows last night, Jackie. I need you to pay yeah. for that. I, I've camped out. In the Washington National Forest, so I can holler as loud as I wanted to. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a great way to enjoy a baseball game, Jackie. I got to do that on the off on the bye week when Arkansas has the bye week, and I guess that'll be the World Series starting then. I need to go. I'm going to go to Mount Nebo. I'm going to camp out. I'm going to bring a radio, and I'm going to listen to the games. And you can join me, and we'll scream. I don't know if the Braves will be there or not, but we can scream together, top of our lungs. 
it was awesome. I, I mean, to me, as big a Braves fan as I am, it was bigger than awesome. But I'm worried now about who's going to pitch. If it's Bryce Elder, we're, we're in a heap of trouble. I, I just don't know what they're going to do now. But they are still in it. They are still in it, Jackie. They got some mojo right now, and Bill. Late in and come back like that. I mean, and it was they were still winning some games when they were when they had some of the pitching issues near the end of the season too. I think look, I'm not here to tell you that the Braves are going to beat the Phillies because I think Philadelphia is playing great baseball right now. But last night, that mean that that the way they came from behind there means something. I really think it does. You know, that can be a that can be a series defining moment. Um, I guess the next game will decide whether or not that's the case. Thanks for the phone call, Jackie. It's good to hear from you. Daryl and Ford Smith is next on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Hey, Daryl, what's up? Hey, not much. I uh, wanted to mention uh, doing a little reading about Brett Bielema and his situation at Illinois. He's in his third season, one year behind uh, uh, Sam Pittman. But there's a lot of criticism. Sounds just almost like the same talk and everything you hear here and a lot of criticism for his offensive coordinator who is Barry Lunny Jr. Just thought that might be something to look at and just something people might want to kind of follow. All right. Appreciate that, Daryl. It's another another former Arkansas coach, you know, struggling in a Illinois position. 0-3 in conference play. And, and yeah, you know, 115 points scored, 173 given up. That's uh, That's tough to win like that. But that's always how I've sort of envisioned Illinois football going. That's this, that's Coach Bielema's style. It's just you got to get more stops on defense. Usually, uh, usually his defense is a little better. Uh, I, I you wonder the talent level uh, feel that, that that Illinois has as well. Bielema five and seven the first year twenty twenty one won eight games, uh, lost a bowl game last year, and he had two and four. Uh, right now, just looking ahead to their schedule, see what they got coming up. They got Maryland this weekend. Maryland's not bad. They're on the road in that one. Wisconsin at Minnesota, Indiana at Iowa, and then against Northwestern. Heck, Matt. You know, Indiana and Northwestern the only yeah. two games they could win. Uh, Illinois can still win some of these games just by scoring maybe 10 points. Did you see Iowa won a game on Saturday without completing a pass to a wide receiver? How is that possible? They're the Hawkeyes. That's the only. That's the only answer that's allowable, and I think you're right. I, that, that in today's day and age of of college football, I'd believe that to happen in a in an NFL game before I would believe it happens in a college football game that doesn't involve a service academy. I mean, would you uh, you you would take it though? Wouldn't you take five and one uh, if you and, and not scoring a whole lot of points? But you'd be like, hey, we're five and one. You know, like, wouldn't you take a three nothing win abs- right now? Absolutely. I don't care how we get it done. Let's just go out there and get it done. Look, I've seen one three nothing football game. It was a Sun Bowl with Pitt and Oregon State. I don't remember the year. I sat there at a bar with my father in, I think we were Costa Rica, and we watched that thing. And it was the worst three hours that I spent, not just on that vacation, but maybe of my life watching any sporting event. Oregon State won that game, though. So as unwatchable of a game as it was, a win is a win, is it not? A win is it? yes, sir. That's what we're out there to do, to get it done. Uh, and, and if it's a defensive battle, whatever the game plan is, you go out there and you try to get it done. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. All right, let's see. We went through uh, some of the undefeated teams in uh, college football. Uh, how many we got right now in college football? Let me turn my page here. You know, Louisville and North Carolina, Phil, you, you would think Miami should still be undefeated, but Louisville and North Carolina kind of kind of shocking a little bit. And then you're going to have one of them go down uh, as Oregon and Washington play each other this week. Louisville is the one that just kind of stands out. More than anything oh, absolutely. I mean, what what do you know? I mean, they got Jack Plummer, which is Jake Plummer's boy, playing quarterback. Uh, but I, I didn't see them being five and zero, six and zero going into this week. Fourteen undefeated teams in FBS football, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess Louisville would be the most surprising of them, considering that uh, well, they weren't terrible last year, eight and five last year under the combination of Scott Satterfield and then Dion Branch coached them in the Fenway Bowl. I didn't realize Dion Branch coached them in the Fenway Bowl. Interesting. Um, who else? 14 teams. Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina, Oklahoma in the Big 12, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State in the Big 10. So only one of those teams can come out with an undefeated record at the end of the regular season. Liberty in their first year in Conference USA. Jamie Chadwell, of course, the first-year head coach there. Air Force, Southern California, Oregon, and Washington. Now, you'd reminded me yesterday, Oregon and Washington play this weekend. So that's the biggest game in the Pac-12, one of the bigger games in the country, if not the biggest game in the country. Uh, Georgia in the SEC. (laughs) And then James Madison, the Dukes in the Sun Belt, are also undefeated. Though I don't think James Madison is eligible for uh, for postseason football because uh, they're still in a transition coming up from FCS. So they, they could end up going undefeated, and I don't even know if they're eligible to play in the Sun Belt championship game. That's wild. Isn't that, though? It's kind that's, of an odd, odd kind of like, way to go through a season. Like SMU, where we want to come to your conference, but y'all don't have to pay us any money. Let's check on Arizona State. Remember, this is the year Arizona State uh, uh, imposed a bowl ban. And uh, everybody was up in arms about, how could you do this and tell these guys they're not going to have a chance to play in a bowl game this year? Well, they're not going to anyway. They're one in five. Lost five straight. This would be the right year to to, uh, self-impose a bowl ban if you feel you got to do that. Mm -hmm. All right, I wanted to check on the Southern California schedule. Because I do wonder how many teams, by the time you get to championship Saturday, could be undefeated. USC plays both Washington and Oregon in the regular season. In fact, look at the way USC's season goes here. This is an amazing schedule for USC in the back half. They had it kind of easy. They had it really easy in the first half of the season with wins over San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona. Well, the back half of the season... Notre Dame this Saturday, Utah after that, then they get Cal and finish with three weeks, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. If Southern California makes it to the end of that stretch undefeated, Matt, I don't know. I don't think it should matter at all what happens in the Pac-12 championship. If they do make it undefeated through that schedule, Southern California would be amongst the final four. That's going to be tricky to navigate. You know, it starts in, in South Bend with Notre Dame. They have two losses, but Notre Dame, they're, they're, uh, they, they, can beat, they can beat a lot of teams. That's a good football team with your quarter, their quarterback they got there. And Utah, what you talk about a defensive team, they're, they're a total anomaly to the, to the Pac-12. All, all the other teams, UCLA's got a little defense too, but... Man, Utah's really got a defense. I think Cal will be easy, but that Washington Oregon game, the the way it seems, man, that that the winner of that game might might be the the Pac twelve champion. North Carolina still has Clemson and Duke and Miami on the schedule, but they don't have Florida State. Um you could legitimately then man, the more that you look at this, Louisville doesn't play Florida State. 
Louisville does not play North Carolina. <laughs> I don't think these three schools play each other at all. Wouldn't that be something if you made it to the end? You got to worry about this sometimes with these huge leagues that are forming and everybody doesn't play each other. Um, well, wouldn't they you could end up with three the, undefeated teams. So if you have three undefeated teams in conference and, and none of them played each other, who goes to the championship game? I, I don't know. Yeah. There's a, you get to figure out a tiebreaker. I mean, they, I'm sure there are tiebreakers written in there somewhere. But, uh, you know, is it uh, you can't do head-to-head. You can't do divisional record because you don't have divisions any, any, anyway. Um, I think at that point it becomes and does it difference benefit, in point total. Is there a way it can be- benefit the team that doesn't go to the championship game? You know, one of them doesn't go, the other team goes and gets blown out, you know, then. That's, a, it's, that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's another good question. Yeah, maybe you need to have playoffs within each of these leagues instead of, you know, just a 12-team playoff. Did anybody think about that? I mean, once you once you have, I don't remember the the size of the leagues coming up. You have what is it? An eighteen team Big Ten, eighteen in the Big Twelve. Uh, the ACC is bringing three more schools in. You legitimately could see situations, Matt. And this goes to the idea of where divisions were a good thing. Uh, you could see a situation, and maybe it'll happen. I'm going to root for it this year because I love chaos in college football. I would love to see three undefeated teams. And they have to figure out who's going to play in the championship game, and then the team that gets left behind makes it to the makes it to the final four because they're still undefeated at the end of it. Yeah, I mean, when you have your divisions, uh, you you could have three one loss teams in your division. They could they could all beat beat up on each other. But then then again, you have a way to tie break it, and you're going to have the division winner play the the division winner for for the ultimate champion. But so, that's the, that's the thing of the past. They're just gonna it's just gonna be pool play. Everybody race to the finish, and, and the top twelve are gonna get in. So I'm looking at potentially three, four, five, six, seven, nine. I think there's a possibility of eleven undefeated FBS teams. Eleven un- FBS teams undefeated. Uh, there's only four slots in the playoff, and of course, if you're looking at the the major leagues, the Power Five. The ACC could have three. The Big Ten can only have one undefeated team. The Big 12 and the SEC only one. And I think the Pac-12 still could have two. Uh, no, I think the Pac-12 is going to be limited to one undefeated team the more, that I, the more that I look at the schedule. So, yeah, it's just uh, I love chaos. I'm all about this. I think it'll be great TV. And then, you know what, next year we don't have to worry about the undefeated teams when you get 12 of them. Because there's going to be a one loss. There's going to be a two loss team in there. And then you just worry about who gets the buys. <clears throat> Did you see in one of these polls they have Alabama ranked ahead of Texas? And I, I know it doesn't matter because the playoff committee is going to come out. But how, don't you think the head to head matchup is important that Texas went to Alabama and, and beat them down there in Tuscaloosa? If, if Texas wins out and Alabama wins out. How can you have Alabama ranked ahead of Texas? I know, I agree. I mean, how can you? And again, this isn't this is a writer's poll or it's a coach's poll, and nobody's really going by that. But I also know that the committee, you know, you, I think the committee sometimes does go by strength of schedule or, or previous success in yeah. some cases. You yeah. know how you how you view the program in some cases, uh, the understanding of that program, the logo, so to speak. But I agree with you. I mean, if you play in the game. And one team beats the other, and yet they have the same record when it comes time to decide who's in the Final Four. Yeah, I think that game should mean something. And everybody will point to the end, well, we're supposed to get the four best teams in. Well, the final score of the game between those two teams should mean something as to who is the better team. Otherwise, why are we, why are we keeping score? You just have... You know, we just have a track meet or an exhibition. And then once you come down to the end of the season, you just go, well, these, this is the most talented team. They have the most five stars. You know, Georgia's been in the last couple of years. They should be in it again and all that. And we can be really foolish with our selections. Otherwise, Matt, yeah, final score ought to mean something. No doubt. Fred in Texarkana says, bring back the BCS computer to decide the conference champions. If you got a tiebreaker, yeah, why not let the computer figure that thing out? Uh, Wes likes the idea of a coin flip. Sooner or later, like when you go down the list of tiebreakers, the very last one, when everything else is equal, is a coin flip. (laughs) That is on the, you will will read that when you read tiebreakers. 
in the Southeastern Conference. I'm sure it's in the ACC. Wouldn't that suck? If all the stars aligned. Last year, before year one, uh, this is this is the, the year zero, zero. So that would be wild. A coin flip to decide champions, who, who's going to play for right. the championship. It would fit. It would fit this last year. Right now, it, it has Georgia. When I'm looking at the top 25, do you agree? Would you be okay with this if this was the final four? Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State. And, and you know Michigan, Ohio State. You got Ohio State, Penn State next week, but you know Michigan, Ohio State are going to play. But that's how the AP has it right now. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, and, and Florida State with Oklahoma and, and Penn State at five and six. Yeah, so the only problem is Michigan and Ohio State are going to play each other. And with well, this Again, Oregon like, Washington game, whoever wins this mm-hmm. game, you got to think they're in the top four. I mean, that's a that's a top ten opponent. You know, Both- Matt, that's the argument that people that are against expansion of the playoff go to. It's like so these aren't really playoff games that are coming up because it's regular season. But if you look at it, like the final score of that game should mean something when the committee gets together and the records are equal. Like, in that sense, these games are playoff games. The Michigan-Ohio State game, with all that meaning that goes into it, yeah, it's usually usually decides who wins the Big Ten East. It usually decides which one of those two teams really is, is going to be have a chance to play for the national championship. Um, it's a big rivalry, of course, but there's so much more that goes into that. And now, with the divisions gone after this year... You could potentially see, and I think this is one reason why they did away the, the divisions. Because, look, Ohio State versus Michigan in the Big in the Big Ten championship game will get um, will get five million more pairs of eyes on it than watching either one of those teams beat the brakes off of Wisconsin again. And it'll be the same in the SEC. You know, if you get a chance at one point to have Florida and Georgia play for a second time. You know, Alabama and, and Auburn for a second time for a championship. Yeah, that's why it's one of the reasons they did away with these divisions, because the rivalries are so marketable. You want to you, you want to have a chance to do it two times in a year. There's going to be some good football this weekend, and and I'm looking forward to next weekend too. Like you said, uh, you know, Washington Oregon game, all the couple games in the SEC uh, with 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 A and M and Tennessee, and then you know Arkansas Alabama. It's it's going to be a fun weekend. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. What's up, Bill? How are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. You never have a dark house. You never have cold pots and pans like Santana apparently did because you work at home and you are the cook master at home, too. Stays busy. Got seven kids coming and going, various places. No, no, no. The lights stay on. Yeah, they do. Hey, Matt and I earlier were talking about the potential of a three-way tie of undefeated teams in the ACC. Louisville, Florida State, North Carolina. We went through the schedules. If I missed it, um, doesn't look like these schools play each other in the regular season. So do you think this is something that we may end up seeing more often with the growth of leagues and so many uh, league members now that you may end up deciding who plays in the conference championship game based on tiebreakers? Oh, yeah. I remember a famous one was the, what was the season? Oh, eight, I believe, yeah. It was a three-way tie in the Big 12 with Texas Tech, Texas, and Oklahoma. And every league has their own tiebreaker rule, meaning it's not a uniform national NCAA rule. 
And their rule was the final BCS standings will determine who the team that gets to go to the BCS championship game, and it was Oklahoma. And uh, I remember Barry Switzer was part of the broadcast, so everybody kind of thought the fix was in. But that was one of the early most famous ones that I recall. Bill, speaking of Oklahoma, uh, they pulled off a little bit of an ep- upset uh, against Texas, yeah. and they, they might have to meet again in the Big 12 championship game. What were your thoughts on that game and how, how Gabriel played running and throwing the ball? Like I told you guys, that game was a referendum on Oklahoma. I, I felt like I had a good feel for Texas, and Oklahoma more than proved their worth there. Their defense, remember, four straight plays on the one-yard line, couldn't score. That was That was the moment of the game right there. That was the biggest part of the game. Dylan Gabriel played well. Their defense played stout. Uh, it's a disciplined team. Last year, they were not disciplined. They were a total mess. And I'm not predicting it, but if you'll recall, in the year 2000, it was Bob Stoops' second year. And they went 7-6 and six the year before. Lost to Ole Miss at a bowl game, won the national championship. Again, I'm not equating the two, but this is Venable's first year. They were 6-7 and seven a year ago, and they are remarkably improved. I saw Oklahoma lost Andrew Anthony, though, for the remainder of the season. Yep. He's their top receiver. Yep. I mean, how does that uh, – that's going to throw a little bit of a monkey wrench into that. Correct. He's a Michigan transfer, okay. and that, that's hurtful. That is hurtful for them. But it's – it's, boy, they look well coached right now, and they have Jeff Levy, who's a very good offensive coordinator. I think he's one of the top 5, 10 offensive coordinators out there right now. And I think they'll be okay there. I, I really do. They had a young uh, freshman in the secondary, Caleb Downs, made two huge plays, five-star safety from a year ago. For that first uh, pick, that was a batted ball from, from Quinn Ewers. And then Downs later caused a fumble. It was, it was a remarkable game. Well, also, that, that, that's going to hurt Dylan Gabriel's rising uh, candidacy for the Heisman Trophy. You know, after he was, he was amazing against Texas, and nobody really yeah. brought him up preseason or really early in the season as a potential Heisman candidate, but here he is. That's true, but I tell you, and, and they've got two losses. Nobody's playing better than Jake Dennis at LSU. Caleb Williams, uh, Mr. May, I don't care. Now, again, he's not going to win it because they've got too many losses, but I, can't, I, can't, I don't see a quarterback playing better than the quarterback at LSU. Bill, I, I, do, I do have a question for you. With the two quarterbacks going, Oregon and Washington, could this be a high wow. moment for one of these kids this weekend? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's in Seattle. Michael Penix, uh, Caleb DeBoer, who had him previously when they were at Indiana together. They've got two first-round receivers. I like the home field there, but it ought to be. That's the top game of the weekend. That's a monster game. Guys, that has all kinds of implications. It has league and have playoff implications. Now, now again, it's not the end of the book, but it's a big marker this season, that game right there, because we may have some clogging at the end of the year where you've got to sift people out, and that could be, that head-to-head could be a committee tiebreaker. You said clogging, all of a sudden I thought it was dancing. You're talking about a bottleneck. Yeah, it just threw me off for a quick minute. Um, Alabama, right. not vintage Alabama, but yet they lead the division. Uh, Jalen Milrow is making plays with his legs in the deep passing game. Uh, they do have an offensive identity. Their defense is getting after the quarterback. And they get the Razorbacks this, uh, this next Saturday, and Arkansas is having a lot of trouble on the offensive line. Um, what do you think could happen in uh, Bryant-Denny on Saturday? Alabama has found their identity, and that's we're going to win ugly. We're going to win ugly. We're going to be physical. Uh, they're not going to be overly impressive with their running game. They're good there, but they're not dynamic there. And they're going to have to grind out some game. Vero has made plays in the passing game, but that's not going to be an overall team strength. The defense is vastly improved from a year ago. And the, th- the thing about it is, even though they have a bunch of big-name recruits playing, it's kind of a no-name defense. There's a couple of guys you would identify, but it's not a big name, brand name, Alabama, all these superstar guys you know, at least not yet. And uh, it's going to be a tough, that'll be a tough match up for Arkansas physically in this ball game, particularly you just identified D-line to O-line. Be tough. 
Bill, I, I want to ask you another game that, that I uh, am, am going to be very interested in is uh, Texas A&M at Tennessee. Uh, Big-time game right there. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that one? It's all about Joe Milton. If Joe Milton plays well, which he runs hot and cold, Tennessee probably wins that game. Just because it's a kneeling. And I'd say the personnel is pretty even. You know, man-on-man, man, pretty even. I think A&M's got probably the best, deepest defensive front in the league. But overall, I think those teams are relatively player-for-player player even. I do think Tennessee, which is the top overall running team in the league, is probably going to have trouble running into the teeth of that A&M defense. But if Milton plays solid to well, I think Tennessee probably wins that ball game. Bill, how much do you put uh, success or lack thereof of a specific uh, side of the ball, offense or defense, how much do you put that on the coordinator? That is a big topic of conversation here these days. I think uh, it depends on the, the role. It depends on, is this carte blanche? Now, obviously, the coach has ultimate veto power, whoever the guy is. But what's the power of the coordinator? If, if he's the guy that is, is thinking everything out and strategizing, it's big. I mean, offensive brain power is a big thing in today's game. And we talk about a guy like Jeff Levy or some of the hot shot offensive minds that are out there. Those guys make a big difference. And it has to do with understanding your personnel and what you can do to win with your personnel. And, uh, no, I think it's really big. I, I, I think the whole thing about it's about players is vastly overrated. It, it's very important. But if you don't have the right coaching leadership, it doesn't matter who you guys are. Yeah, who, who's the blame in that Miami game? Is that on the coordinator? I, I know Miami gets North Carolina this week, uh, but when's the last yeah. time you've seen something like that happen? Uh, Mario Cristobal when he was at Oregon against Stanford. <laughs> That's the <laughs> last time. <laughs> I mean, you know, one guy owns the patent on that idiocy. Look, that, 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 that falls kind of like Marcus Freeman when you've got 10 men on the field for two plays when it's time to win the ball game. You, you can't have that happen. And uh, they've done it before. He had some kind of innocuous answer after the game about how he teaches the running back to keep two hands on the ball. Well, that shouldn't even be a factor because if you kneel down, Georgia Tech has no timeouts. The clock starts and the game's over. They don't have any time to do anything else. And you still have a down, so the game's over. Horrible miscue. I mean, just embarrassing. I saw Jim, uh, Billy Napier, uh, you know, talking more on on Florida coaches here. Uh, so they've got what South Carolina this weekend. He uh, yep. he was talking yesterday about being better mentally prepared, and uh, he and the coaching staff are going to be paying attention to the amount of sleep that their players are getting. Um, I feel like that about my kids sometimes. They wake up a little bit groggy. They don't look ready for school. They'll be like, dude, go to sleep earlier this time. Put the iPad away for crying out loud. I will say right. it's the first time I can remember a coach blaming some struggles on sleep. But it might be right. I guess Billy Napier, Napier is giddy and high because they just rolled up Vanderbilt, right? Talk about a false sense of. A, a false sense of where you stand right now. They got to go into Williams Bryce. I, I think that's going to be a tough game for them to win. Uh, Spencer Rattler is is overall had a really good year. They are electric at wide receiver. I think that's going to be a tough matchup. They can get twenty hours of sleep. Doesn't matter to me. How do you perceive a football team that struggles to win close games? Uh, I think Arkansas. I don't have it all in front of me, but they, they you know it's right. they, the last calendar year. If you date back to the A and M game. A lot of close games uh, that have been within one score. You know, these last these this four game losing streak, three of them have been by uh, one score or less uh, in terms of like a field goal or a touchdown. Um, and maybe it's different team to team, but when you have a team that consistently is losing close games, do you view it as we're that close or they're that close to turning it around, or that's your identity and you're not making enough plays to win? Winning in that kind of environment, close game atmosphere, is an art form. And it's not just let's win. It's an art form. And I'm sure Matt will tell you 
you get into the habit of losing those games, and it is infectious in a bad way. It's kind of like not hitting. You're a baseball guy. Not hitting in baseball is just as contagious as hitting in baseball, right? It can infect you. And I think that's probably where Arkansas is. It's here we go again. We can't pull these games out. That is a mental thing, which is very difficult. Because you can't have a team meeting and say, okay, from here on out, we win these games. You can't do that. You have to know in your mind that you have the ability and you will win those games. And I think they're lacking that right now. Do you think they have the talent, Bill, to, to get to six wins, to you know, to somehow salvage this game? I know if, if it's Alabama, let's say like we say that's an L, that's two and five. You do get four of your last five at home with a non-conference in there. Got to go to got to go to Gainesville uh, to, to play Florida on November 4th. But do you see a path that this Razorback team could get to six? Still got. Let me let me think about the schedule. You go Mississippi State, then you, then you get a bye week, then you go at Florida, then you're home Auburn, home Florida International, home Missouri. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, there's a bunch of dudes in there. I mean, Missouri is a good football team. <laughs> they are electric. I, this Luther Burden they have would start for any team in America. He'd start for Ohio State's wide receiver group. He'd start for Texas. He'd start for Georgia. This guy's an unstoppable green grass player. Uh, Brady Cook's playing about as well at quarterback as anybody in the league not named uh, Mr. Braden Daniels, uh, Jaden Daniels. So that's going to be tough, guys. It really is. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.